Hello, hello. Welcome to No Empty Shelves, a book club podcast with a focus on fantasy and contemporary romance. My name's Caitlin, the host of this podcast. And today, you guys, we are finally reviewing Serpent and Dove by Shelby Marin. This has been so long awaited since like January, I think I've announced that we're reading Serpent and Dove. We're reading Serpent and Dove. And then I had a good hold into the library and that took a month. And then I got the hold. I mean, I got the book from the library in February, like the beginning of February. And then I just kind of procrastinated reading this book for some reason. So I don't really have any excuses as to why it took me so long to read the book and to get the episode out. But we're finally here. So let's just focus on that. And the funny thing is, I took so long to finally read the book. But when I did read the book, I read it in two days. It is whenever this episode is coming out. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a Wednesday. So Wednesday... March 10th is when this episode is going to be coming out but I read the book last Saturday evening is when I started and I finished it Sunday evening so and that includes breaks I wasn't reading for sure I could have honestly read this book in one sitting if I didn't have to go to sleep and then if I didn't have a party to attend to COVID friendly of course um it was just a little party for my mom we had like three family members over it wasn't really a big party but I read this book so fast so I just could not put it down to save my life. I was just flabbergasted with how much I was enjoying it because I walked into this book with no expectations of what I was going to get it myself into, if I was even going to like it or anything. So I was just all over this book, completely engaged and eagerly wanting to see how it would end. And I'm not entirely pleased with how it ended. So, but before we get into the review, make sure you guys go and listen to the latest episode the one before this one um where I explain the podcast rebrand along with my goals and intentions for the new podcast I explain everything in that episode as to like why I changed the name and the focus and yada 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 RIP to they make it she critiques it it was nice girl we loved you but now we're focusing on just books because that is truly where my passion is and that is truly where I feel like I can shine and grow the most so yes anyways um Let's get into our newest segment called What's Been Filling Me Up. So with this segment, um, I'm just here to highlight anything that I've been watching, listening to, or simply just enjoying that has been filling me up, making me happy, you know, just it's kind of like a favorites, but I feel like it's kind of on brand with the no empty shelves and just, you know, the whole idea of wanting to fill your shelves. We're filling ourselves and other ways in different areas as well it made sense in my head (laughs) so my what's been filling me up um is actually a tv show and it's american dragon jake long (laughs) that's on disney plus it just got on disney plus like i think a few weeks ago along with um the disney channel games yep i'm going to binge watch those because i was all over that when i was growing up but i have been watching american dragon jake long since thursday and i've literally been watching like two to three episodes every single day I forgot how much I actually love this show. Like, I, there's just so many good shows on Disney Channel that I just forget, and American Dragon was one of them, and I was so shocked that it already wasn't on Disney+, Plus. but when it was announced that it was going to be, I was really excited. So, I just remember watching this show as a kid and being obsessed with it. I even had a crush on Jake, had a crush on the dragon. I was, I was crazy. It was fun time for me, but for those who don't know, the show is about a 13-year-old American Chinese boy who is in training to become the next American dragon. He's trained by his grandfather and Foo Dog and we just kind of see him balance being a teenager while also training to be a protector of humans against evil magical creatures. It's just so fun to watch. <laughs> like and they're in New York and they have heavy New York accents. Like it's so like her his best friend Trixie not entirely what's his what's the guy's best friend name? I think his name's Spud. They're just the best gang of friends. I love them so much. I don't want to spoil anything about the show if you've never watched it. But even if you've watched American Dragon Jake Long, you know the whole Jake and Rose situation, that fiasco. I haven't gotten to that part yet because um, I'm taking a little break from it right now um, because it's a weekday, not the weekend right now. But I remember that being such like a plot twist, a big shocker for me. I was like, oh my God, how are they going to make this work? So whenever I get to that point, I'm going to be really, really excited, which I think is actually probably going to be towards the end of the first season. I can't believe there's only two seasons. That show deserves like six. I'm just going to be honest with you. So anyways, 
If you haven't watched American Dragon Drake Long, please do. It's so much fun. And it's just going to put you in the best mood ever. So, yes, American Dragon Drake Long has been filling me up this week. <laughs> so, now that we've gotten our intro out the way, our segment out the way, let's discuss Serpent and Dove by Shelby Marin. I hope I'm saying her last name right. If I'm not, this is going to be awkward. So if you are new here and this is the first podcast episode you're listening to or the first book review episode you're listening to, how I kind of do my reviews is I have a quick spoiler-free section and then I have a spoiler section where I go into the characters, the plot, um, what I liked, what I disliked, the whole shebang. So we're going to start with the spoiler-free section. And I'm going to just basically tell y'all how I feel about the book right now boy oh boy (laughs) like I said in the beginning I had zero expectations going into Serpent and Dove like I had no idea what I was getting myself into and I don't even I just I didn't even know if I was gonna like the book or not and I think the fact that I was just not really excited to read it was also was part of the reason why I kept pushing the book aside because I didn't know what I was going to expect. I didn't know if I was going to like it. I've seen mixed reviews left and right, but I just wasn't really excited to read it. Alas, I read the book. I read like the first chapter and I was like, oh baby, I'm in. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing, but I'm in this. The book is amazing. I absolutely loved this book. Like I literally read it in two days, which is, it's not jaw-breaking for me because I've read a book in one sitting that's like, 600 pages before not in one sitting but in one day but still like I'm not been on my reading game this year and the fact that I read this book in two days I just it had to be amazing like I can't I don't just don't do that I couldn't put it down I was at dinner and all I could think about was when can I read this book next I was so tired my eyes were closing and I was just like I just want to finish this book because it's so good I could not put this book down you know I'm talking about it had my undivided attention I was laser focused and I just shocked myself with how much I actually really enjoyed it, not gonna lie. I rated this book a four star, so four out of five, and which is really good. Um, for being a debut novel, I just felt like Shelby outdid herself on this one. The reason why I didn't give it a five out of five, we'll get to, because right now we're going to jump into, well, I'm gonna tell you the synopsis of the book if you have no idea what I'm talking about, and then we're going to do what I liked and what I disliked. And then when I tell you what I dislike, you will know why I didn't give it a five out of five stars. Because a five out of five star, I'm getting way more picky about the books I give that. Because I felt like in the beginning of my reading journey, I was very like, you get a five star, you get a five star. And I'm like, hmm. When I look at the books that have five stars, I'm like, do you belong with them? Or are you going to stick out like a sore thumb? So, yeah. Um, Let's get into the synopsis. The story follows. Two years ago. Lou Le Blanc fled her coven and took shelter in the city of Cesarin, forsaking all magic and living off whatever she could steal. There, witches like Lou are hunted. They are feared and they are burned. Sworn to the church as a chosar, Reed Diggory has lived his life by one principle. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. His path was never meant to cross with Lou's, but a wicked stunt forces them into an impossible union. Holy matrimony. The war between witches and church is an ancient one, and Lou's most dangerous enemies bring a fate worse than fire, unable to burn, excuse me, unable to ignore her growing feelings, yet powerless to change what she is, a choice must be made, and love makes fools of all of us. Tell me that's not good. Tell me you're not a little bit engaged, like witch, like witches versus the church. And they fall in love, please goodbye I it, it sounds it just sounds amazing um quick disclaimer before I jump more into this episode I am so bad with names so I'm pretty sure I'm butchering a lot of people's names and um, a lot of the names in this book are French and I don't know French I don't know a slack about French so or slick about French so um I just apologize in advance I'm gonna try my best but if, I, if you know I'm pronouncing these names wrong, please give me some grace. So what I liked about this book, I'm going to keep this very general so I don't spoil anything, but I of course love the romance. The romance is the centerpiece of this entire story. It carries this book. So if I didn't like the romance, 
this book would have been like a one star for me to be honest um Lou and Reed are just they're just so good together they really really are good together I I'm wishing the best for them but I'm also really scared for them because I feel like their relationship can go one of two ways now so um after the ending so I'm a little bit scared but I really enjoy their romance in this book um the magic system I loved the magic system here I love witches I think witches are so cool and I don't read a lot about witches anymore when I read um what book was it when I read the when I read Night World by LJ Smith if you have any idea what I'm talking about she had witches in those books and I just was really engaged and interested because I've read the vampires I've read the werewolves but I don't really hear we're here about witches or shapeshifters that's what LJ LJ Smith was on something else with Night World but I just love witches I think they're super cool and I don't know I feel like sometimes authors can stare away from them maybe because it's scary or taboo or whatever but I'm all for witches and I'm all for witch magic I don't give a crap give it to me please um I also really liked the discourse between witches and the people of the church again I just feel like witches versus the church is just such a good like foundation for enemies like (laughs) I just I'm getting like the Salem witch trials but I know that is probably not at all the inspiration for this story but when I just think of when I hear witches I think of the Salem witch trials another thing that I really liked was Lou as our main character as you read this book you are going to just fall in love with Lou she's so funny like she's generally a very funny person and I think there's a lot of depth to her character that we didn't really get to we didn't really get to see as much in this book but I'm hoping the second book and the third book now because it's no longer a duology it's a trilogy now we get to see more of her other side of her come out more I loved Coco in this book she is the best character by far better than Lou I'm sorry I said what I said Coco is honestly underrated she's really the star of the story and in the second book I really hope she is becomes a star of the book series because she is the best she's just the best at what she does like she's the best witch I think she is the strongest I think she is the one with a level head she just knows what she's doing and I love her for it another thing I really liked was the book was split into three parts and there were three very distinct parts I kind of like it when authors kind of shake things up a bit um so I really liked that and I also liked that the fact that this book was told in dual perspectives so you get both Lou and Reed's perspective um I have my beef sometimes with dual perspectives because if you're going to give me two people's point of views I want you to equally develop two people point of views I I felt like this book would have wouldn't have done well if it was just told in Lou's perspective because you don't get any you don't it's hard to connect with Reed it would be hard to connect with Reed if that was the case but at times I just felt like again I don't think I'm gonna get into this when I talk about what I didn't like but while I did enjoy the dual perspectives I felt like the author could have done a little bit more with developing these characters through their dual perspectives so and then the last thing that I really liked was the nature of most of the secrets and plot twist that's all I'm going to say about that because if I say anything else I'm going to spoil it but yes those are the things that I liked about Serpent and Dove and what I didn't like about Serpent and Dove are the following the romance I know you're probably like wait a minute you didn't you just say the romance was your favorite part or like one of the things you like the most about Serpent and Dove yes I adored this romance but at the same time there are aspects of the romance that I really really did not like and I felt like um kind of are doing a disservice to the characters because that particular aspect of the romance was just not it wasn't giving or it was lacking and wasn't it just wasn't there so I felt like that was kind of my only issue I had with the romance was a particular aspect to their relationship another thing I didn't really like was the lack of magic again love the little magic that we got but there wasn't that much and I'm pretty sure this is a fantasy novel it's you know marketed and talked about as a fantasy novel and there is magic here but there are so many opportunities for magic to be talked about not just not necessarily like used but just talked about I just felt like 
we're dealing with witches and then you get a glimpse as to what the witches can actually do with their magic and you're like whoa this is actually insane this is actually crazy can we dive more into this please because I've never seen some I've never read anything like this before you know how their magic kind of takes a toll on them and how the system is actually developed and how it works is so interesting to me and I just felt like we didn't spend enough time focusing on that because I think the romance again is the center stage of this entire novel and everything else kind of falls to the sides the magic being one of them um next thing I didn't like was so our lover boy Reed is not my favorite you know he's he's tolerable at best but I'm not really swooning over him and when I'm reading a romance novel I want to be swooning over the male character here you know what I mean like I want to be like I want you like I want you on my list of book boyfriends Reed is not on that list and that's a problem for me personally um next thing I didn't like was everybody kind of felt like a not everybody but most people felt like they were hypocrites I felt like they were just saying they were saying something and saying that this is bad this is bad and then you realize but baby you did the same thing that you're telling people is bad so who's the real hypocrite here? Stop trying to make people feel bad. Mm-mm, we don't do that. But I'm like, you know what? It's the church we're talking about. So I'm not necessarily surprised that people are hypocrites. Um, another thing I didn't like was the lack of character development. Um, the characters don't really, our main characters at least, they don't really um, grow in the 500 pages we spent with them. So, and I felt like the growth that we got was not adequate for the amount of time we're spending with them I expected a little bit more growth and I expected a little bit more genuine growth as well I feel like there's gaps in the characters that the author just kind of failed to address and I'm supposed to believe there is some development and there is some positive outlook of the future when nothing really shows that there is going to be a positive outlook of the future because they didn't grow they didn't have really that strong battle and inner conflict we didn't really see it we didn't see a switch in them or a change in them there's gaps that need to be filled um another thing I didn't really like was I found the ending to be a little underwhelming and the part of the reason why I found the ending to be underwhelming was because of the lack of magic mm-hmm um I'm gonna leave it at that. Two last things I really didn't like. Unnecessary comments. There are just... You guys know when you read a book and the author is really trying to appease to a younger audience and there's just certain things that the author thinks is really funny and you're like, this is cringy. Why are we... Big titty litty. If you know, you know. Was that necessary? I don't think so. And the last and final thing that that I did not like about this book was... There was an, uh, there's a lot of plot twists that happen and just like secrets coming out. And while I love the nature of most of those plot twists and secrets, there was one particular plot twist that I did not find necessary and that I found really annoying. And I did not appreciate it because I don't think it's going to add anything significant to the plot. I think it was a waste, in my opinion. But who knows? I haven't read the second book, so I could be wrong. But that is everything for the spoiler-free section. Um, Again, overall, I did enjoy this book a lot. I gave it a four out of five stars. If you have not read Serpent and Dove, please go read this book and come back and listen to the rest of this episode because now we are jumping into spoilers. Okay, let's start off with some characters because there's actually not that many significant characters apart from our main characters. But let's talk about Lou first and foremost. Again, I just love Lou. I love her vulgarity. I love her improper behavior. I love that she's not like prime and prissy and oh my god, I'm such a pure, beautiful, like white dove. No, she is a serpent. (coughs) She is so cool, so badass, and she's just really funny. And I think she has a lot of potential to be an like a badass main character and like a badass witch and really knock some some butt to be honest because she talks a lot of shit but we don't really see her 
Actually, that's a lie because she did knock out and Andre and Gru and killed both of them like right on the spot. So she, we have seen her beat some ass. I take that back. Um, but I, I but I really want to see Lou just like get into her powers. I want to see her knock her mother down. I want to see her kill her mom. That's what I want to see. If she doesn't kill her mom, I don't want it. I don't want the rest of the, I don't want the rest of the series. I want a battle between mother and daughter, period. And I want Lou to string up some crazy contortions and magic and just knock her mother dead. That's what I want. Cuz I know my girl Lou has it in her. <laughs> um she as a character grows I think a lot more than Reed does as a character. But I'm curious to see where she's going to go from here on out because I don't see her completely choosing one side. I don't see Lou completely being like, the witches are so, so bad. Or I don't see her choosing, you know, going against the witches or really going against the Chassars, the, the church. I don't really know how to say it. Is it Chassars? Whatever. I just don't see her picking a side. I see her kind of walking that middle line. Um... Because I still think she hates the church a pretty good bit. right As of right now, I still think she hates the church. Um, but I don't know. I think the thing with Lou and Reed is that I find them s- still hating their opposing groups. But they still just want to like bang and love each other. But that's also just not how it works. <laughs> like you can't just like Reed. You can't just love on Lou because she's a witch. Or not, you can't just love on Lou because she's Lou, but she's a witch and you don't like witches and you really haven't shown that you've grown towards witches. So how is this going to work now? Exactly. But all in all, I think Lou's a pretty solid character. Let's talk about Coco because, again, Coco's the best character in this entire series. You cannot tell me otherwise. Like, I mean it when I say she's the best. Before I even got to the ending, I made a promise to Shelby and I was like, if you kill her off, if you kill Coco off, you're going to end up on my hit list. There's only one other author that is on my hit list right now. I'm joking, by the way. If you think I'm being serious, I'm joking for legal purposes. But I was like, Shelby, if you kill Coco off, you're going to end up on that list. And she didn't kill Coco off, as we know it, because I'm pretty sure she would. I'm pretty sure. I think Coco's possibly going to get killed off in the series, just because they always kill off the best characters in my... <laughs> They always kill off the best characters, don't they? But I think Coco's just amazing. I think she has such a good hold of her power and grasp of her power. And the fact that she's a blood witch, are you kidding me? Like, that's not the most interesting thing ever. Whenever I think of blood witching and blood witch, I think of blood bending from Avatar. And I wonder if she can, like, I don't know, control people's blood in them. I don't know. But I just feel like the fact that she is really the only character that exudes this confidence in herself and just with everybody around her like she knows who she is she knows what she wants she she stays strong when Lou was trying to send her off and be like we need to go out separate race to protect each other she came back and was like no Lou I'm gonna be with you I'm gonna keep an eye on you I'm gonna protect you because that's what I want to do and I just feel like Coco is just a really good friend to Lou and I love their relationship I love their dynamic and um I can't wait to see what it's gonna look like in the next book if I read it because I don't know if I'm gonna read Blood and Honey yet but we'll get into that at the end um let's talk about reed oh reed again i tolerate this man at best he's giving me stale bread you know he's giving me a sexually repressed stale bread right so my issue with reed is that he has a pretty powerful role in the church and is so anti-witch but doesn't know a whole lot about witches you know like there was that scene between Lou and Reed when they were in bed and she he was like well witches can't birth sons or whatever and Lou was like no they do birth sons they just the sons are just not witches and they kind of go off and in that moment I was just like so Reed you don't know anything about witches really all you do is just kill them and you have I my thing with Reed is I feel like he has just been grown up being told something and he just cannot think of his own and the problem with people who can't think on their own is because he talks about people constantly lying to him at the end when everything he was like everything is a lie the archbishop was lying to me Lou was lying to me and I'm like they lied to you because it's easy to lie to you you eat up any shit there were so many signs that Lou was a witch that he kind of was just like "Mm, mm." 
Like, you are, you hunt witches for crying out loud. You couldn't, like, piece some things together that maybe, and the fact that Lou, Lou has, her best friend was a witch. They, they trapped her and wanted to kid and wanted to capture her because she was helping out and befriending a witch. You, I just felt like her, I just felt like her secret wasn't kept that well, one. And two, I really think that if Reed was as smart as we're led to believe he is, because he's literally the captain of this, of the Chassar group or whatever, he would figure it out sooner or he would just be a little bit more careful or I just feel like he just has no backbone, to be honest. Um, I'm just like, you hate a group of witches for what? Like, what? You don't even know what they do. You don't even know the prophecy. You don't even know the history. You don't know Jack. At all. Yeah, I'm supposed to believe that you're some high esteemed person. Please, I'm not. Bye. <laughs> also, in the beginning of this book, I thought that Reed was a prince not like a protector of the royal family or anything and I mean he is I mean he is a prince he's a part of the royal family because we realize at the end that his dad is the king but I thought that was I thought I thought that in the beginning because that's what I assumed and it wasn't until like I think a few chapters in I was like oh he's really not oh he's not the prince oh and then I got confused again when I was like, when it was revealed that his dad was the king. And I was like, so I was right to begin with. Okay, cool. Um, Let's talk about his relationship with Selly. That was really unnecessary, in my opinion. So his relationship with him and Selly was just unbelievable. Because we could have taken that whole kind of situation. We could have taken that somewhere. Like, Selly really could have had a bigger role than just being the bitter ex-girlfriend. But... That's all she was. That's all she gave. That's all she gave. Waste of my time. Another thing I have, another beef I have with Reed is he never really grew to understand or sympathize or have any type of emotional connection towards witches, which I think is very important in his character development because A, his well actually because three reasons now a the love of his life is a witch b his mother is a witch that he saved by the way he also saved lou and c he is also a witch and he didn't seem too disgusted by it so i'm sensing that he is you know getting more comfortable i guess with witches but there is no, again, that there's just no real development showing that. And I feel like he doesn't show, he doesn't have any emotion towards witches. He's, I feel like he's still just a stale piece of bread. Like when he, he was literally killing that witch at the stake, burning her and just was nothing. Felt no type of emotion. And I'm supposed to believe that he's eventually supposed to try to peacefully come you know peacefully join the witches and the church together so we can all live in one union ship no i don't think he really cares to be honest that's just my opinion though you know the only thing that grew was his love towards lou you know he would still burn a witch at the stake if he had the chance and then go kiss lou later that night but that doesn't it doesn't work like that though that's why i'm like i'm kind of confused with his character because it seems like he's making progress, but emotionally, I'm just not sensing any of that progress. You know, like, again, like, you guys don't remember when he burned that witch. I think her name was Estimel after um, Lou and Reed went to go see the thing, um, the book play of whatever book they were reading. He just killed her, and he felt nothing. There was no exploration of what he was feeling and how that made him feel and if he kind of felt bad about that. No. Like, you have to, you have, there has to be some inner conflict for me to believe that you are actually going to come over this hill. But there's no inner conflict with Reed. I think Reed is just really emotionless, to be honest. Anyways, um, let's talk about Ansel real quick, because he's, like, such a sweetheart and so cute. You know, I think that Reed wishes that he could be half the man that Ansel is, okay? Um, because Ansel thinks for himself, okay? He thinks for himself, and he's only 16, I don't know how old Reed is, but please. I have to talk about Bass for a second because when I tell you guys I died 
when he ditched um lou after they got caught i was done i was on the floor i was like this man is really a big-headed buffoon what a loser but that was so funny because because she literally was like he only cares about himself like he's actually an idiot and he just proved it straight to our faces and i was like wow he's only really here for himself he is so lame but i just thought that was so funny um and the last group of characters i want to talk about for a second are the parents um i'm gonna get i guess more into them as i talk about the plot and whatnot but the archbishop is a loser and a hypocrite yep i said it um morgan i'm not gonna say her more i guess french and beautiful name and title i'm going to just say morgan if you don't know who that is it's lou's mom um i love a good evil mother in a story i love a good evil mother and she's definitely up there on my list of favorites and then madame labelle gives me the actual creeps i don't something isn't wrong with something is not right with that lady but we'll get into that later so let's just jump into the plot now and talk about the romance at first because this is really what carried the whole book and what the focal point of this entire story was around is the romance and I mean there was tension between Reed and Lou from the second they laid eyes on each other so we are building up to this really well the whole incident that kind of led them together in holy matrimony I I get it I get it doesn't take away the fact that it was kind of no it was problematic at hell but that's the church for you so I'm not entirely surprised but that whole incident of her falling or him falling on top of her and her just looking beaten up and bruised and them thinking that he was beaten up beating her and they're like well make her your wife so that's okay because we can beat our wives again problematic but it's the church so are we really surprised no so in the spoiler-free section, I said how there, there's an aspect of the romance that I didn't really like. And that aspect was there was a switch in the story where they literally went from I hate you, you heathen and you pig to I'm falling for you and I love you and I actually, you know, you're the love of my life. Where was that switch? When did that happen? You know, like, did I miss something? I, I went and it happened when I was reading the book, not when I finished it. When I was reading the book, I was like, when did they start being all buddy buddy with each other? What happened? You know, and it's not like here's the thing, too. We are talking about a witch and a witch hunter. We're not talking about some cute little office romance where they're rivals. No, we are talking about my people kill you and you kill my people. This is deeper than a rivalry or an office rope. No, this is like deep rooted hatred towards the other person. You can't just switch on me like that and now you're falling in love with me. No, where is the gradual growth? Where is the undoing of this hatred that they have towards each other? Where was any of that? It just felt like a switch turned off and they were all over each other. Now, I love a slow burn. I really, really do. And but I'm you know, I don't like it to be too slow and I don't think their slow burn was too slow, but I felt like we just jumped ship and now they're in love with each other. And I'm like, did I where did I miss? Because I don't understand when this happened. Anyways, other than that, I did like the romance, you know. Reed and Lou's dynamic is nice and I'm all here for the banter. I'm all here for Lou making Reed blush and make him make him be like, oh, my God, like all flabbergasted here for that, you know. Reed needs some excitement in his boring and stale life and Lou is just the one to bring it okay because I know Selly was not doing anything for him you know that little kiss that they shared was juvenile at best so there's a lot of like favorite scenes I have between Reed and Lou but one of my favorite scenes in the entire book was when they went on that date to get the sticky bread or not bread the sticky buns and I just felt like that moment was what did it for me, especially when after they had the sticky buns and played that awkward 21 question game, (laughs) they went outside and she, I think it was, I think it was snowing. I think it was snowing. And Lou was just kind of catching the um, snow in her mouth. 
if it wasn't snowing, she was doing something. And he was just like looking at her and she was like, do it with me. And he was like, no. And you could just see that, like, I just felt like he was just admiring her at that moment. And she was just being herself. And I was like, wow, this is so sweet and pure. But at the same time, I know something bad is going to come and rip this apart. But I'm loving the growth that we're having right now in your relationship, you know. Another one of my favorite scenes was when he was braiding her hair. Loved that. And when they were out buying gifts for each other, that was so cute. The fact that they were buying Christmas gifts. Are you kidding me? Tell me not, Tell me that's not like the cutest thing ever. Um, I squealed. Well, I squealed because of two, th- two reasons during the Christmas shopping you know, excursion. One was because they finally had their first kiss. Tell me that was not like the cutest thing ever. But then, um, Lou just murdered like two people right before they had their first kiss and there's just blood everywhere all over her and he was leaning her down on the floor in a pool of blood. That was not romantic at all. I almost threw up. But still super cute. Okay, we have to talk about the sex scene because it was great. It was great. We don't have many intimate scenes with them. That was really the only intimate scene we had with them. And it was well worth the wait. It was perfect. I don't expect anything less. You know, Reed was the nervous virgin. And I love that because how many times in YA, especially in romance, is the guy just like slanging it and is just an expert at everything? But no. Lou was the expert. Lou knew what she was doing. Lou was putting it down and Reed didn't know what to do. He was so nervous and like, oh my God. And I was just, I just love that. You know, let's, let's switch it up. I get bored reading the same old, same old. Also, I love that Lou showed him her home and he gave her that ring and they just had, again, they just had their moment. They have a lot of really nice, just intimate moments with each other. That's not necessarily physical, but really emotional and just shared between them you know, and I really appreciated that, and while this was, like, their only super, again, intimate moment with each other, it was well worth it, and this book is marketed as YA. I don't know what constitutes a YA novel. I don't think this book is YA. I think it's more of an adult book, but I don't care, and the last thing I'm going to talk about when it comes to our great romance here is I can't believe oh, what <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that Reed was going on and on about protecting Lou and he found out that she was a witch and was like you're not my wife that hurt like a that hurt okay that hurt so bad he's literally the reason she got snatched away he's so stupid he's just so dumb like and I hate when that happens too because it's like you don't act like you don't love her just because she's a witch so what you're an easy person to lie to that's why she lied to you so what do you do you not love her or not like she's still the same person she just is a witch now she's the enemy so what and think for yourself it's not like you know anything about witches anyways so you hate her for what reason exactly on what premise you have no premise anyways this is not a bash read degree um video or podcast the magic system let's talk about that for a second so I wrote in my notes, I wrote the magic system or lack thereof, because let's be real, there was really not that much, that many scenes with just a bunch, like there was not that many scenes where we really got to see magic used in a way that was so just badass. You know what I mean? Like when I see, when I hear badass, when I see, when I hear fantasy, I hear just badass use of magic that's what I see that's what I hear and I felt like we were lacking in this book you know part one had that one scene in the beginning where those three witches were just bringing madness to the royal family um when they when the royal family arrived at the festival or whatever and they were raising humans up and using them as defense shields and doing all types of contortions on them and then Reed had that encounter with the queen witch who went from being a hag to a pregnant woman to a hag again and he almost kissed her and i'm like this is the type of magic i'm talking about this is what i want to see where was this level of magic part one shook me and then we got into part two and i was like i'm bored i'm bored and then we got to the end of part three when we literally were supposed to have a magic showdown no magic was used how are you in 
the home of witches and not a single witch was doing something crazy how does that what, what's this what does that make sense no it doesn't make sense you know like we were just fed nothing after that scene in part one like maybe a scrap here and there but that's it that's all we got and i mean i part of me gets it because lou is our main girl and she can't do magic because it'll give away her secret but like i needed something even just conversations surrounding magic would have been nice i want to know more about the system i want to know more about the nature of magic and you know how it you know when you use magic they kept saying that nature needs to be balanced nature needs to be balanced let's dive into more of that why does nature need to be balanced why is it that when you you know take away magic to use you have to give something of yourself away why is that can we just talk about the magic please if we're not going to use it at least you know i keep hearing which this and which that but was given no which is actually doing anything and one thing about me is if you are going to talk about magic i need to see the magic I need to see it happening or I'm going to get bored. You know, and again, the ending was such a letdown because, again, we are in a witch's coven and not a single magic encounter happened. Not a single one. When they were being ambushed, not a single. No, the witches were too busy staring at Bo as he was taking off his clothes and saying Big Titty Liddy. Please. Really? That's why you couldn't use magic? Because of Big Titty Liddy? Okay. That's what paralyzed you? Witches. You were in a witch coven. Big titty litty. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm so tired of stabbing people with knives. So let's stop the stabbing and let's wreak some real havoc, people. You have powers. Use them, please. But alas, Big titty litty was more superior. Anyways, um, I want to mention the magic world for a second. So, Lou does not fit in into this world that we're supposed to have. Or not the magic world, the world and setting of this story, excuse me. Lou does not fit in at all, you know? Apparently, this is set in medieval France, but Lou sticks out like a sore thumb with how she talks and how she dresses and just the way she acts. And I understand she's kind of like rebelling and going against what's around her and maybe also she's not really from that area because she wasn't a witch coven her whole life so I kind of understand that but at the same time I just felt like this book could have taken place now and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference you know I felt like the world building was kind of lackluster and I think it's just because again the author focused everything in my opinion on the romance and building that up that everything else kind of went to the sideline not just the world building, but the magic system, which is part of the world building. So it shows that as well. Like it shows that, you know, she put everything into the romance and then other aspects of the story kind of just get pushed to the side. So not so great about that, but I mean, it is what it is. Let's get into some secrets and some plot twists that happened because that's kind of like the real, I guess, gossip of this sto- of this story is the secrets and the plot twist so I loved that and I talked about in the spoiler free section what I really liked was how the that was the nature of the secrets and the plot twist and what I meant by that was I love how all of the plot twists were surrounding the fact that you just don't know who your parents are like it's all about heritage like you have no idea where you came from and that's such a I like that because everything makes sense when you know who your parents are you can start connecting the dots you can start seeing holy crap you know now I'm like for instance for Reed well now I'm a prince I'm part of the royal family and my mom's a witch and now I'm a witch well it's just you know what I mean like once you know who your parents are that can shake the table that can shake the whole game that can literally turn the story around is when you is when you know your parents you know so I just love that all of these secrets and plots this was just not knowing who your parents were so the first one we're going to kind of dive into is the fact that the archbishop is Lou's father that was um (laughs) I did not see that coming at all that was a big joke like first of all the way it was revealed through this skit was just so embarrassing for him and, like, I knew something was up with him when he came into the room when Lou and Reed 
were talking and was just so adamant about staying with Lou and talking to her. But I was thinking that he was going to, like, kill her or send her off. And then when they, during the skit, I guess he could tell that something wasn't right. And he was like, if anything happens, stay by my side. Like, sir, what are you talking about? But honestly, I think it makes sense that they're, that he's her dad now looking back. Because a lot of their banter and, like, the way they kind of interacted with each other is very much, like, daughter father in the sense of that in the sense that Lou is just like this bratty daughter and her dad is just like oh my god can you shut up or like oh my god I have such a bratty daughter like I don't know I just felt like their dynamic is similar to some father-daughter relationships so I'm not entirely like taken aback by it but I just felt like that was so interesting and this is why I think the arc bitches is such arc bitch excuse me this is why I think the arc bishop is such a hypocrite because he's so mad at Reed or whatever, or nah, he's not mad at him, but I was just getting a feeling that like he was so upset with Reed because he was falling in love with Lou, but he knew that Lou was a witch when he told them to marry each other. So you're just, like, it, I just felt like, what did you think was going to happen? And you're the one who's talking about some consummate the marriage. Like you're just, and then you're mad at him for doing something that you already did. Like, and then the king also did what they did. Like, how many men are sleeping with witches? Hmm? It seems like everybody in the church just has a, has a witch they slept with. Like, is it really the witch's fault? Because why are you sleeping with people anyways? Are you married? Where's your wife? Aren't you supposed to be a holy man? Again, hypocrisy is what I'm getting from these people. Um, Again, I, I I really wrote it in my notes. I was like, I just find it funny how all funny how all these men are sleeping with witches and then being hypocrites. Like you knew Lou was a witch and forced her to marry your son to protect her, yet you tried to drown her. Yet when Reed starts falling for Lou, you get mad. I'm talking about the Archbishop. I'm just getting a headache trying to pin this all together. The Archbishop the Archbishop is just confusing, and then Reed is out here mad at the Archbishop for sleeping with a witch when he did the same thing. Like please, I cannot keep up with these men and this. You guys are all over the place. And that's why the witches are out here looking at you like you're stupid because you're just dumb. You're easy to de- you're easy to deceive. You know nothing about witches to begin with. Like you're dumb. I'm so shocked how, how the witches have not like just killed all of you at this point because you're not smart. <laughs> the next um uh plot twist, I guess was the fact that Lou was run well this wasn't a plot twist it was more of like a secret revealed um I knew Lou was running away from her mom in the beginning that part was like very easy to piece together I didn't think her mom was trying to sacrifice her own child though like that was some wild mess right there I was not expecting that like and it's so <laughs> this is why I love Lou's mom I'm like she is honestly on my list of evil mothers she literally said Lou asked her mom if you ever loved me like did you ever love me and her mom was straight up like no (laughs) like no I literally just had you for the sacrifice purpose like that's it I don't care about you whatsoever like are you kidding me not just a little bit and honestly I'm here for it like we don't always have to be all mushy mushy gushy and no I just want you dead I literally conceived you so I could sacrifice you and that's on point blank period like it is what it is (laughs) I love her for that man I'm here for it Okay, next secret was Reed's mom being Madame LaBelle. Um, that was interesting. You know, again, I thought he was a prince in the beginning, so I already suspected that his dad was, like, the king. But his mom being a witch? How convenient. You know? I kind of saw that happening, though, after Lou and Reed had that conversation about witches again in the bed, and he was like, and she said that son, or witches can birth sons but they just go away I was like why would you tell me this like why else would you have this conversation if not that there is a male witch out there if not not that there's a male witch if not that there is a there is a boy out there whose mom is a witch that boy being Reed Diggory and I was correct so I suspect I, I anticipated this to happen anyways but I did not think it was gonna be Madame LaBelle because Madame LaBelle seems crazy like I actually think she's crazy in the end, when she was like, I'm going to go back to the to the king and have a conversation with him. Why? I don't think he wants to talk to you. Like, I, you want to die? Like, you were you were supposed to be dead anyways, and here you are alive. So the next plot twist, probably I think the biggest plot twist, was Reed 
his mom is not only a witch, but Reed himself is also a witch, a male witch. This is the unnecessary plot twist that I am talking about that happened. What the heck? Why? Why? I don't think Reed has the emotional capability and character complexity to have that inner conflict within himself. Not only are, this is the thing, not only is the love of your life a witch, your mom a witch, you are also a witch. You hate witches, witches are your enemies, yet you have all of these connections to them all of a sudden. But Reed is again a stale bread. He doesn't have the character to handle the inner emotional conflict that is going to happen to him after finding this information. He doesn't have it in him. This is a waste of my time. Because what I think, what I see happening is he is going to deny and deny and deny and try to suppress and suppress and suppress. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't. First of all, we, I don't like people who suppress their magic. You are a witch. You have magic. First of all, we barely get magic anyways. Now you're giving magic to somebody who probably isn't ever going to use it. Why? You're just wasting my time. I don't want my time to be wasted. It's already wasted enough. And not only does he not have the emotional capability and character complexity to have the inner conflict with being a witch... I don't care for him to have it like Reed having powers is so unnecessary but there's just no way he can also be like the first male witch there has to be a bunch of them just in hiding I really hope that she doesn't make that a thing where he's actually the first male witch because again how many of you actually believe he's going to actually use his powers and like be a significant member of the witches among the no he's not he's not he's a loser I'm sorry I am not a fan of Reed Again, I tolerated him. And then Shelby did this. And I was like, now I probably despise this man. Because why would you give him this ability? And it was just so out of nowhere. It was like, I see he saw a pattern. He saw a chord. Why you? Why couldn't it be Ansel? Ansel. Ansel. Why couldn't it be him? Hmm. He deserves to be a witch. He deserves to have the powers. And then... Reed killing the Archbishop was absolutely absurd. Like, absolutely absurd. Why would killing the Archbishop save Lou's life? Did I miss something there? Why? I understand he saw a thread connecting them, but why did he have to kill the Archbishop? Not, and it's not even just the fact that he saw the thread and he had to kill the Archbishop. It was the fact that he was just so quick to kill him. Like, he didn't even think about, oh my God, I'm literally killing this man that I've defended nonstop throughout the entire novel and I see as a father figure I'm going to kill him to save a witch that deceived me but I love so much hmm like where was this growth where where did this growth come from to where you're now killing your father basically for a witch that deceived you and lied to you yes the archbishop lied to you but if your father lied to you versus somebody you don't know or you just met, who would you kill first? He didn't even struggle with it. He just killed him. And after he killed him, it's not like he was like feeling that pain and sorrow. No, that's what I'm saying. Reed has no emotional capability to handle anything. He just does. He doesn't feel anything. I think he has no feelings. There is nothing there to his character. Where was this turn of events? Like, is this like a pride thing going? I just, I just, I just feel like Reed just does things and then no emotional tie to it. Like, you literally killed the Archbishop and you feel nothing. Part of me is like, I love their romance and all, but does he even really like Lou? Is there, like, I feel like I'm being lied to there too because I'm like, is the only emotional attachment you have to is towards women? That seems to be it. I don't know. Moving on. Bernard. We're going to talk about him for a quick second because um, I knew he was going to be an issue. You know, Bernard is the patient they had in the infirmary that was click, click, clicking that thing. They're the metal. I knew he was going to be an issue. I just knew it. You know, the click, clink, clink, clink that he was making. 
that was throwing me off and i was like why is he doing this like why is this clink 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 like hmm, this seems suspicious to me you know and lou and coco were just talking about who knows what in front of him like anything and i'm like do you think he's not going to like tattle on you and say something's up i did not suspect him to be in cohorts with lou's mom i did not suspect that but i did know that he was up to no good you know i thought he was going to rat them out but he didn't but at the same time I just felt like it was so obvious that he's not just going to die, especially because it was just like, because you, you never take your eye off of something, you know, like they were just making it seem like, oh, he's going to die. He's suicidal. We don't need to worry about him. I'm like, no, he's the exact person you need to worry about. Again, I felt like he could have had a bigger role in this. Like I knew he was talking to Lou's mom and communicating with her, but I felt like he could have had a bigger role in this. Just like Sully, like you could have had more than just a dumb, used, suicidal patient, you know? I mean, he had some use, but I felt like he could have had a little bit more use. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> now, the last and final thing I really have to say about the plot and this story overall is I just wish we got more insight and background on Lou and Reed's life. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of Lou and how she was when she was in the coven. You know, I wanted more of how her mom treated her when she was younger. You know, was it just like a switch of her mom? Like, did she ever feel like her mom ever loved her? Did her mom ever act loving toward her? Like, I want to know. Also, I want to know what exactly happened that moment before she left the coven when her mom tried to kill her. Like, we get nothing about their past. And I felt like that was a problem because I could not emotionally connect with these characters whatsoever. You know, like. I rarely knew anything about them, you know, and to be honest, I probably wouldn't have shed a tear if they died since they're on this Romeo and Juliet loving thing now, because if Lou dies, then Reed dies, but I wouldn't have cared. I really wouldn't have because there is no emotional connection between these characters. I feel nothing. I mean, I'm here for their romance and I, I feel like if you're listening, if you've listened this far, you're like, girl, did you really like the book as much as you said that you did? I did. I really did enjoy it. I really do like the things that I said I like, but I'm also realized that there are there's a reason why I didn't rate this book a five out of five, and these are the reasons why. You know, so I just felt like the characters just fell a little flat to me as far as being able to connect with them. And my thing is that I'm I'm really character driven when it comes to books, and if I can't connect to your characters emotionally, if I don't know your characters very well then that's going to be a little bit of a problem for me. Also, Lou and that bathtub would have been a perfect place for her to explore her past. Like, she could have been in that bathtub and we could have got flashbacks. She could have been in that bathtub and fell asleep and then we could have had went to a dream flashback or something. But no, she was in that tub how many times and we got nothing. I mean, we got cute banter between her and Reese now and then, but who cares? Like, we have enough banter between them. Like, I understand the focal point is the romance, but... Can the characters that are in the romance have anything for themselves? No. Final thoughts on Serpent and Dove are, again, I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed myself with this book. I enjoyed reading this book. I still think it's really, really good. I think it's solid. I'm happy I finally got a chance to read it. With that being said, I am not so sure I would read the second book. I don't think I'm going to read the sequel. Simply just because I've just been seeing so many negative reviews and I heard it's more of a filler novel than anything. And also, I don't know if I want to be in this world anymore. Like, I don't know if I can deal with read specifically anymore. And I just, the things that people are saying are bad about the book are things that I know for a fact if I read I'm going to be really mad about and I just don't know if I care enough about the book to put myself through that because the book is also like the sequel Blood and Honey is like 500 pages plus again so it's not like a shorter read so I just you know I don't know if I'm going to read the second book yet we'll see also I do want to say that this book follows a very similar plot and romance um, with the book To Kill a Kingdom. If you haven't read it, you should totally read it, especially if you love Serpent and Dove. It's such a good book. I completely recommend it. But I will say the final scene 
and battle and to kill a kingdom is so much more epic and so much more badass than the final scene in serpent and dove the similarities are just in the sense that like you know mother daughter issues they hate each other they're fighting each other the girl keeps a secret from the boy that she's a mermaid evil i don't want to say i don't think she's a mermaid mermaid or like but like evil mermaids that kill humans um she keeps a secret from him that she's that because her mom made her human as a punishment and then the love interest they fall in love but she but he obviously he doesn't know that she's a mermaid and then when he finds out he's like oh my god he's so much better than reed so much better than reed reed is a piece of crap anyways that is all i have for today's episode that's all i have to say about serpent and dove um thank you so much for tuning in and listening make sure you guys follow the podcast instagram at no empty shelves podcast where the discussion will continue there i will probably pose some like one or two questions about the episode or not about the episode about the book that you guys can maybe discuss in the comment section below um please do leave a rate and review on apple Podcasts. it would help a bunch with getting the podcast out there and i will see you guys next week with a new book review bye